Welcome to the Victory Podcast, where God is the greatest power and we are never defeated. I'm excited to be back. It's been a little over a month since I did my last podcast. And um, I don't apologize for, for taking some time. <laughs> um, I, I said before, and I'll say it again, and I'll scream it from the mountaintops if I have to. I, I don't want this to be something that is a chore. I don't want this to be something that is forced or locked down to a formal schedule where it's going to have me stressed out um, about getting out another episode or, you know, what content can I get out there or anything like that. This is strictly something that is on my heart to do um, so that people can uh, grow and learn get closer to God, be encouraged, uh, be inspired. And uh, I, I, I don't want this to be something that's going to stress me out <laughs> every two weeks. So it's, it's something that I'm learning to do, um, to just let go and go with the flow of, of how this, this is going as far as podcasting. And I have to say it is quite liberating. So with all of that said, I'm excited to talk about this topic that um, has come to me or that I've been sitting on and thinking about and studying, and that is repentance. What is repentance? Why do we need to repent? And what is the next step that we should take after we repent? So if you're excited like I am, go ahead and sit back, relax. Grab some snacks and enjoy the podcast. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. What is repentance? Repentance comes from the Greek word metanoeo, which means to think differently or afterwards, that is, reconsider. It involves the changing of one's mind for the better, heartily to amend with abhorrence of one's past sins, turning with contrition from sin to God. The definition from our modern day dictionaries is to feel such sorrow for sin or fault as to be disposed to change one's life for the better or to be penitent. Now, when we begin to examine the focus scripture from Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. We see here where God says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. God's love doesn't just come with salvation and blessings and 
this is my season, this is my purpose, and this is my, you know, this is, this is, you know, the, all the blessings in the world are going to happen to me. But it also comes with rebuke and chastening. And, you know, because God loves us, he rebukes us and he chastens us. And I, I like to, to liken that to, to parenting. I understand it even more now as a father of two kids that, you know, because I love my kids, I, I chasten them and I rebuke them um, so that they can, can, can learn and understand that the wrong that they did was wrong. And it will inspire them to not do that wrong again. It will help them to understand that as a child of God, we don't do certain things because God doesn't like certain things. And so because of my rebuke and my chastening to my children, they are inspired to turn away from those things and to not do those things again. In essence, they, they are disposed to change their life for the better. They're penitent. They, they abhor their past actions because they understand that it's wrong because of my chastening. It is the same thing with God. Because of God's rebuking, because of God's chastening. It should inspire us to be zealous enough to repent of those things. Now, I've never smoked, done drugs, or drank alcohol in my life. I have cussed in my life. Now, when when the Bible says to not let corrupt communication come out of my mouth, um, then understanding that I have have done that before um, in light of God's word, God's word then chastens me, chastened me and inspired me to be zealous enough to never cuss again. I repented of that thing. I thought differently about that thing in light of God's word. And it, it inspired me to repent of that thing, to repent for cussing. And so when we talk about repentance, we're not talking about uh, um, putting a bandaid on something. We're talking about changing your life, changing your mind as to think differently of your actions. So much so that you turn away from them and turn toward God. From the time that sin entered into the world up until now, the message of repentance has been heralded throughout the land. Most notably, we see in the New Testament when John the Baptist came on the scene, he said, repent for the kingdom of God 
is at hand. Jesus stepped on the scene and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is here. And so the message of repentance came to encourage people to step out of their sins and to turn towards God. Now, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we are talking about repentance, we are first and foremost talking about getting back and right standing with God. When we were born into this world, we were born in sin. We were born with a sin nature. Our natural inclination was to sin. And sin is anything that is, uh, uh, if I can say, offensive to God. We can read um, a great many deal of things in the Bible that God considers offensive to him. But in essence, anything that is going to separate us from God is sin. Now, when we talk about separation from God and our relationship with God, I, I always default to, you know, the, the, the marriage relationship. You know, um, when a husband loves a wife then there are just some things that he won't do or shouldn't do um, because he does not want to offend his wife and vice versa. If a wife loves her husband, then there are just some things that she will not do because she does not want to offend or hurt her husband. It is the same way with us and God. If we love God, there are just some things that we will not do or should not do because we do not want to offend God. Now, in any relationship, when you do certain things, um, it hurts the other person and it it pushes you away from them. And there's a, a level of separation that is between you. That's what sin does with us and God. It creates a level of separation between us. And the only way to be reconciled is through repentance. Now, first and foremost, I do want to say that it's it's not just about repentance because we're 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 talking about you know our relationship with God here and and repentance is the the topic but there's more to repentance than than just saying I'm sorry with repentance comes changed behavior it, uh, a changed mindset a changed way of doing things you see when 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 you're not saved you know, you, you still have that, that sin nature. You still have that inclination to sin. When you give your life to Christ, 
there is a renewing of the mind that takes place. And with the renewing of your mind comes a renewing of different behaviors that you must learn while you're living this life in Christ so that you do not offend God and 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 create a level of separation between you and God. So when we're talking about repentance, when you find yourself in error with God, you must repent. You must confess your sin to God. Now, I know what you're thinking. God is is is, is all knowing. He's omnipotent. He's he's omniscient. He he's all knowing. He's all powerful. So he, he knows everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm thinking, everything that I want, everything that I need. So if he knows my heart, why do I still have to confess it? Well, it's simple. It, it's 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 a courtesy. It's it's a common courtesy. One and two, it is absolutely appropriate that you admit and confess that what you did was wrong. It's just like with any natural relationship that you have. If I step on my wife's toes, I'm going to admit, hey, I'm, I, I stepped on your toes. I'm sorry. I apologize. And then from there, I make the necessary adjustments to make sure that I don't step on her toes again. It's the same way with God. If you find yourself in error, if you find that, you know, something that you're doing is offensive to God. Um, I used uh, cussing in the last segment. The Bible says not to let uh, corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And, and you come into this knowledge and you're a person that likes to use those four and five letter words and those special three letter words, too. Then you have a decision to make. Because now you realize that, you know, using those special words creates a level of separation between you and God. So what are you going to do about it? God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I find myself in a place where I realize that I have unclean lips. God, I am sorry for letting corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth. Lord, help me to... Uh, expand my vocabulary so that I do not default to those words that I know are offensive to you. And then from, from that point, now that you've confessed your sin, God is faithful and just, as the scripture says, to forgive you of that sin and to cleanse you from that unrighteousness. So after you confess your sin, that's when God will give you a clean slate. He will uh, cleanse you of that sin. And from that blank slate, you have a chance and an opportunity to walk right before God. And so when we're talking about repentance, first and foremost, you have to understand that you have to repent before God for the sins that you have committed. And after that, he will cleanse you from that unrighteousness.
Now, for sure, we have to make sure that we are right with God. We have to make sure that um, there is no, no level of separation between us and God. Now, when Jesus uh, talked about the, the greatest of commandments, he said that the greatest one is to love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. These two commandments sum up all of the other commandments. So as long as you follow those two, those are the, the greatest commandments. Love God with your everything and to love your neighbor as yourself. So when we talk about repentance, we have to remember that we not only just have to repent before God, but we have to repent to our neighbor that we have hurt as well. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, that if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has an ought against you, leave your gift at the altar. Go and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. So what Jesus said there basically is it don't matter how much you repent before me. If you still have dirty hands when it comes to your brother, all your praise, all your worship, all your singing and dancing, it don't mean squat to me until you go and be reconciled with your brother that you have hurt. Then and only then can you come and offer up your praise. More than anything, God wants a pure praise from his people. And we cannot do that when we are walking around knowing that we have offended a brother and sister in Christ. So what does the Bible say about remedying that? Well, James chapter 5 verse 16 says to confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. See, a lot of people want to focus on the second part of this scripture and that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But we want to skip over the confessing your faults to each other and praying for each other so that healing can take place between us. You see, if God wants us to be in good standing with him, he sure wants us to be in good standing with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So before we do anything else, it does no good to repent before God if we never repent before our brothers and sisters that we have offended. So if you know, if you know that you have offended somebody, and I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about a, a, a righteous uh, offense where you told somebody about their sin. I'm not talking about 
you know, if 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 you were acting on God's directive and it offended somebody. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when you know you done hooked and crooked and and stole somebody else's promotion and you know that hurt that person that you did you did dirty. I'm talking about when you lied to cover up what you were doing and that person that you lied on had to bear the burden of a scandal. That's what that's what I'm talking about. Your faults toward another person and the faith. These things we aren't supposed to be doing in the first place because they're offensive to God. And so when you know you have faults and you know that you have offended somebody and that person has an ought against you, it is your righteous duty to go and make that thing right. And so, like I said before, it does no good to repent before God who we don't see. If we don't repent to our fellow brother and sister in Christ, who we see every day. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, these are the greatest two commandments. Love God with your everything and love your neighbor as you love yourself. We have to walk in love not just with our brothers and sisters in Christ, but with our, our quote-unquote enemies, the enemies of the cross, those that aren't saved, those that aren't of the household of faith. We have to walk in love because guess what? If you offend them as well, you have to go and make that right with them as well. So when we're talking about repentance, we first and foremost, like I said in the last segment, have to make sure that we repent before God. And second, we have to repent before those who we know we have wronged. And even unknowingly, once we come into the knowledge of it, we have to make it right. This short story is called Get Rid of the Spider. A man was praying with his pastor at the altar. He prayed a prayer the pastor had heard many times before. Lord, take the cobwebs out of my life. Just as he said this, the pastor interrupted. Lord, kill the spider. Many times we ask the Lord to forgive us of some sin yet we leave the source of temptation in our life. If we're going to be truly repentant, we have to walk away from that source of temptation. We have to lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets us. We have to close that door and let the Lord root 
up and pluck out that source of temptation that causes us to sin in the first place. This is the whole essence of our minds being renewed. If we close that door, if we pluck up the root, if we allow the Lord to change us so that our desire is not to sin in that area anymore, then we allow the Lord to renew our minds and with a renewed mind comes renewed actions. Well, as we come to the close of this podcast episode, um, my prayer is that you have truly been inspired. It's never easy to admit when you are wrong or doing wrong, but in knowing that you have done wrong or wronged somebody, uh, my prayer is that you are inspired to repent, make it right before God make it right before the person that you've wronged. And then you will be able to offer up a pure praise and a pure worship to the Lord. And so one last piece of business before um, I conclude this episode. Uh, Well, maybe it's three. Yes, I'll say three. First and foremost, yesterday, with my boy James Byers' birthday. So I want to give a shout out to him. Happy birthday. Today is my other guy, Ramarcus Lee's birthday. Happy birthday to you. I love you both. Um, And then also today is September 11th. It is the 20th anniversary of when our nation endured the most horrific terrorist attack on American soil. And I just want to thank all of our military, our service members, police, fire, medical personnel. I appreciate you all for your service. And so until next time, God bless you.